Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that suspects there isn't a sock in Gareth Southgate's house that hasn't been ironed. On today's pod we're chatting Scotland, Harland and TV land, as well as of course looking ahead to the London Stadium this Saturday. God, it's good to have proper football back. And joining me to discuss all this, I'm delighted to have a couple of Friday favourites in the form of Lloyd and Ali. Hi Lloyd, you there? Are you well? They're not well, but yes, I'm here. You're not well, what's up? Just a bit of a cold this week, Steve. Um, oh. But um, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. The the new cat's been running me around the gaff, but... Uh, <laughs> How old? But <laughs> younger like a, than us, uh, right. one and a half. <laughs> right, right. But um, no, I'm, I've got a little bit of a throw, but I'm good. I'm good. Uh, okay, good. Well, glad, you, glad you're with us, glad you're alive. And, and you know, being so stoic and, and soldiering on. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, we've got to be there. That sounded way more sarcastic than it was meant. <laughs> right, it sounded... That's fine, let's go. <laughs> Ali, are you there? Do you have any ailments you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any ailments. I, I will say I have just uh, switched the mic that I was using in my settings. So I, I, we were Before we came on air, we were talking about a mysterious clicking sound. Mm. So I'm hoping it might have disappeared now. It's completely it? disappeared. I've just realised, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, have, I, have, I have done my voodoo and made it go. I will tell the listeners as well, I was just telling you guys, uh, I've got my first grandchild arriving some point in the next Whee! few weeks. So it's all very exciting and a bit a bit nervy around here at the moment. Uh, but it, it's good times and, and uh, happy to have the football to take my mind off things. You're going to be a very young grandparent. Well, you, yeah, I, I, I feel that. as well. Well, I, I like to think... Record break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, uh, I, I'm probably also uh, a bit more mature than my general demeanour and, uh, and dressing like a teenager habits and, 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 and other, uh, you know, way I conduct myself would let you believe. Um, but no, I, I, I won't be any, won't be any record, record-breaking youngest grandparent. Um, no, will I be the first grandparent on the 9th through 20 team? Is, is Chris ahead of me? I think Chris is. Yeah, Chris is yeah. a grandchild, yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Who is, I, I think, kind of, you know, six or seven, I think. So, wow. Um, yeah. I oh, dread- well, he's, he's definitely got a few years on me as well. Not, <laughs> I, am, I am not the baby granddad of the of the team. I dread to think what the record-breaking age would be, you know, for a grandparent. <laughs> I dread <laughs> I'll, to think. I'll tell you, when I was, oh, God, a kid, a teenager or whatever, uh, I overheard a, a chat on... Uh, on a bus in Dundee with a, <laughs> a woman who says, uh, or it was, it was two, two young women who were talking. I said, have you heard uh, like Effie's, uh, Effie's having a baby? Uh, oh, that's good. I said, well, her, her mum will be pleased. Said, oh, I, she is. just thinks 31's a wee bit young to be a granny. Wow. <laughs> God, I, so, I, yeah. was, I was too young to be a parent in terms of my kind of, you know, emotional kind of maturity. I was too young at 31 to be a parent, a yeah. grandparent. <laughs> wow. I know. Whew. Anyway, we're all actually going to be discussing age very shortly um, <laughs> with the news yesterday that Kyle Walker has signed a contract extension. But before we get to City, before we get to club football, we have got to talk, Ali, about Scotland, who are bossing their World Cup qualifying group, 15 points from five. McTominay, a goal-scoring sensation, dare I say. <laughs> what the crap is happening? 
What's going on? None of, none of us know it, but yes, sir, we can boogie. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's amazing times. Um, okay, what's going on? Let, let's talk through it as a, as a, with my serious football pundit hat on. Um, first thing to say is Steve Clark has done a phenomenal managerial yes, job. Yes, yeah. Now, in international football, you often get managers, God knows we've had a few, uh, that just kind of pick 11 players, send them out in the pitch, and, and vaguely hope that things come together. Um, when Steve Clark came into this job, it's four or five years ago now, I think, 2019, I think, uh, don't quote me on that, he inherited a squad that probably had five genuine international quality players in it, uh, which is not too bad a... a uh, count for a country like Scotland, but like four of them were fullbacks and three of them were left backs, uh, and then and then like one central midfielder, and that was about it. Uh, and trying and it, yeah, I'm exaggerating slightly, but it was a, a deeply unbalanced um, and uh, incomplete squad. And he tinkered just enough in the early years until he found a system that he could get all of his best players and then the the kind of less uh, celebrated players around them um not only delivering their best as individuals but actually clicking into a really effective team uh for those who don't watch he kind of he settled on a a formation it's kind of like a Christmas tree with uh, when when we're in defence, it's three at the back and then four defenders in front of them and then two and one going forward, which sounds incredibly defensive and and is, uh, but but he was doing it with two really quite aggressive fullbacks or wingbacks on either side. So he would he was playing Tierney effectively as a centre back in a back three, and then uh, Andy Robertson uh, as the wing back to his left quite high up so you had this three four two one formation that would really quickly change into a uh three two four one or a three two one three uh <laughs> depending, well, uh, where, yeah, well. depending where uh robertson and hickey like find themselves at any given moment um and the other thing i mean the 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 amazing thing about it is we've scored, I think, twelve goals in the uh, the the five qualifying games mm. we've played so far. Uh, Eleven of them have come from non-strikers. They've wow. come from midfielders, occasional defenders. We've had one goal from a striker out of, in the entire qualifying group so far, and the reason for that is basically we haven't got a striker. Um, we've got a couple of you know, a number nine and a number ten in Lyndon Dykes and, and uh, Shea Adams, neither of which are what you would call finely tuned goal goal scoring machines at their club, never mind international level. Um, so what he's got what he's got them doing is basically keeping the uh, keeping the centre halves busy. So with uh, Lyndon Dykes, it's just a case of sheer like uh, wrecking ball presence and strength. Or with Shea Adams, kind of quite intelligent, clever movement, kind of running across the line. And their their job is basically to take centre halves out of the way and allow the number eights, which currently are, are uh, John McGinn and Scott McDominay, to come through and, and score absolute belters of world class, uh, you know, uh, world class goals week after or game after game, mm. and it's worked. It shouldn't work. Uh, there shouldn't really be the the resources there to to make it happen. But he's got them 
knowing their jobs well enough and and playing at such a, a high level and 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 you so far up to or even beyond their own ceilings as individuals that he's producing these results. Uh, so that you know that that's the first answer is that Steve Clark has just done an absolutely amazing job with the uh, the raw materials he had. The other factor is that, as we know, any level of football, it's something you know, something we come across as City fans when we're playing against teams that are on paper uh, weaker or, or uh, less quality than, than we've got. Um, if you get a team that is really well set up, really well organised, that will soak up the pressure, occasionally they'll mug you. You know, they'll they will hold you to nil nil or or to one one, and mm. then they'll they'll uh, score whether it's an equaliser or a winning goal in the last minute, and there's very little you can do about it, and it drives you mad when you are a uh, Manchester City. Um, I suspect it also drives you mad if you are a Spain fan, and um, because that's exactly what we did to or Spain, did Matt Hamden. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, particularly if you're Rodri. I was going to uh, say Rodri. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, I'll I'll come back to that. But now, um, if you know, if you are a team that doesn't have all the the world class quality you know you could dream of, um, what you've got to do is is uh, soak up pressure, take your chances when you get them, um, and and turn teams over. And if you get teams that uh, disrespect you, that take results and, and performances for granted, or are just overconfident and cocky, then. They deserve to be punished, and Scotland have had that on two occasions against Spain, where they just were not expected for the for the physical and and emotional challenge that we gave them at Hamden, and they they folded a little bit. They just didn't they didn't rise to it, and probably even more egregious. I don't know how their manager is still in a job, but the game that we played against Norway away, mm. uh, where they were 1-0 up after about 75 minutes, and they brought off Haaland, they brought off Odegaard, they brought off another one of their key defenders to rest them, thinking they were 1-0 up and, and cruising, and we did them with two goals in the last few minutes. Now, when you combine that with actually producing consistent and, and really quite impressive results against the weaker team, you know, Georgia and, and Cyprus in the groups where, where we've done a really good job of dispatching them as we should. Um, you know, the, 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 in, in qualifying football, you know, a run of five games, if you're doing it in the Premier League, you get, you know, like a couple of really good results against teams that would be expected to beat you. And then you put away teams below you. A run of five league, uh, five wins in the Premier League will, will, kind of leave you looking quite good for a little while, but it can all go horribly wrong. In a qualifying competition, if you do that, then you're pretty much there, uh, particularly in a smaller group. So, you know, we've done it. And I actually, from this point on, I expect it's going to get a bit squeaky bum, as they say, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if we do still end up needing a point from our final game, which yeah. is Norway at home, yeah. which will be quite scary. Um but on the other hand, it's still possible that you know Norway or Spain will will mess up along the way, drop points somewhere. Well, you guarantee uh, the playoff spot at least. So I mean, that's I, you know, play, that, that's already guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. we be really fine. don't want that. Really don't fine. want that. Yeah, and, and yeah, no, and I'm absolutely confident that you know if we do get to that point where we need a uh, we to get to the stage where we need a point against Norway in that last game, I would be very very confident and and comfortable about about doing it. Um, so yeah, no, they, these are good times, and, and you know, almost all of the credit goes to to Steve Clark with a l- large 
hefty lump of blame going to uh, the the managers and teams at Norway and Spain. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to know how we've done it, you know, the, there's your recipe. Well, so I'll, I'll, yeah, is the is the last game um, against Norway is that at home? Yes, yeah, it's at Hamden. I mean, so you know, what are you going? Oh, it's going to be rocking. Can you imagine and... the atmosphere if, if that's still competitive. That is going to be absolute fire. It'll be a cauldron that day. Um, How much for you to run on the pitch and do Holland then? What we said. <laughs> <laughs> Where do your yeah. allegiances lie? Come on, hold, hold it on the table. Um, let's let's just see how the Premier League table's looking at that moment. You know, so I, 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 I'm here googling. How do you inflict an injury that will keep someone out for about three weeks? <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd, are you the same as me? Where obviously we're aware of the players that Scotland have, and they've got you know. Ali's mentioned their kind of you know their their surplus of quality fullbacks, but they've got a pretty decent midfield as well. It has to be said, but there's still with limitations there as regards to what you expect of Scotland, and it's a tough group. That's something that you know should not be overlooked. This is a tough group they're in. Are you as surprised as me? I mean, from the outside looking in, I mean, I have a passing knowledge of Scotland. You know, basically, if they win, I go, oh, good on them, and then they win again. And then he won again. And then at that point, you're going, what the hell is going on here? Uh, is that the same mm. as you? To be fair, it kind of is, actually. So when when England played them, uh, obviously, earlier this week, and I was, I was listening to Five Live just before the game, and John Murray was like, so Scotland are unchanged. And he read out the team sheet, and, uh, you know, it was the opposite of uh, tremors in the boots, really. Uh was like a front three of John McGinn, Scott McTominay, and Che Adams. Mm. I was like, wait, they've got five wins from five with that? Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, Ali, I don't mean to sound no, like a dick. No, no, but, um, no honestly, that really guys, doesn't don't, scare don't me. Don't apologise. Uh, We're all, all of us in Scotland are, are thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, no apologies I was, needed. I mean, I, I know McGinn has been really good, and, yeah, yeah, and McTominay so. scored a few kind of, you know, late goals, but. Fucking hell. Uh, you know, that's, it's not reaping with quality, is it? So, um, I think to have five from five in that group, particularly when you've got Spain, you've got like the Holland and Odegaard factor. I mean, that's an unbelievable phenomenal. result, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And good luck to Scotland. Let's hope they do it. They should do it. It'd be disastrous if they don't do it now, but it's all in their hands. And, and as you say, Ali, you know, there's so many other results elsewhere that could basically determine it anyway. So they may not need even uh, an additional point. But yeah, good luck, Scotland. And it'd be great to see them at a World Cup. Um, let's Thank move. <laughs> let's move on to West Ham City um, this Saturday. Um, looking forward to this one. I'm really looking forward to this. West Ham are looking pretty decent right now. Um, but that should just add to an even better game. Um Lloyd, I want to come to you first on this because I want to look at your lineup prediction, um, which is going to be an interesting one this week. Kovacic is out. De Bruyne is out. Mm. Grealish is almost certainly out. Stones, Stones is a, a distinct possibility, but will very likely start on the bench at best. Mm. We have, we've got a small squad anyway, and it's just got a whole lot slimmer. So from all that, what do you think Pep will go with? I think we've got a huge squad, as people tell me on Twitter. No concerns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I think the team basically picks itself. I would say so. Um, I would. I'm not sure Nunes will start, which a lot of people seem to think will happen. 
I don't think that will. Um, I think most of the time with Pep's new signings, they don't come in that quickly. And he wasn't as integrated um, pre the international break as kind of they would have wanted him to be. He ended, I think he ended up signing on deadline day yeah. in the end. Yeah. So I, I think it will be kind of similar team to what we've seen already. So I think we'll have, you know, one of Bernardo or Foden on the wing and then we'll have Alvarez plus the other one in the middle. You'll have Rodri. Um, we'll have Doku on one of the wings and then, you know, as long as he's okay from having dealt uh, with international duty, it'll be Haaland. And then, you know, back four probably picks itself as well. So Walker's been unbelievable so far this season, signed the new contract. Uh, Diaz, probably a Kanji, and then I would guess Gvardiol. Um, but he also had a little bit of a niggle, I think, for Croatia. Mm. Um, but then Ake also had an injury, but then played three days later. So, I, yeah, I would think that would be the team. Um, the problem is, as you say, Steve, so if that's the 11, what's the bench? Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, say if, say if we go 1-0 down, which is a distinct possibility because West Ham are playing really well, as I'm sure Rowan told you um, when you spoke to him, mm. uh, there's not going to be much for us to kind of change it up, particularly when, you know, McAtee left on deadline day, Palmer obviously left. Um yeah, I think we're going to be a bit bit short of options. Um, yeah, alas, yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, I think Scott Carson's going to come on in midfield at this point. It's um, it's a bit of a concern. Um, just you mentioned there, Nunez. I don't think he's going to start, but you would expect him to feature. Ali, what did you see of him at Wolves? Um, I haven't seen a great deal. Um, a lot of it is kind of highlights packages on YouTube, to be honest, and match of a day highlights again, where you can't really judge on a player, but. And certainly as regards to his technique and his quality, you know, that's evident. Are you excited about seeing what he's got to offer? Uh, okay, I'm going to be a little bit of a damp squib here. Um, I've yet to generate a huge amount of excitement. I'm the same, to be honest, mate, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when uh, when he was at Wolves, uh, he was one of those players that kind of, you knew had a lot of technical ability and could produce something, but it's not. You know, if we were going into a game against Wolves last season, I don't remember like living in fear of what Nunes might do to us. Uh, you know, he was he was just another one of those Premier League players. That was like, oh yeah, he's a bit tasty, um, bit of talent, bit of, bit of ability, but you know, is he all that? Mm. Uh, so um, I also like fully acknowledge that I was never paying that much attention to him, and I wasn't really thinking about him that hard. Uh, and I am a far, far, far inferior judge of footballing ability <laughs> talent than, uh, than Pep Guardiola or, or Cheeky Bergerstein or anyone else involved in the transfer. You don't so need to I, make that clear, Ali, do we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, I, am, I uh, am eager to see what he can do, uh, but only because I want to know what they see, really. Yes, yeah, I'm the I don't even really know how he's going to play. I always mm. thought of him as kind of a, like a more of a uh, uh, link-up attacking uh, midfielder, so you know, closer to an eight than a six. Um, others have told me that I'm probably maybe slightly off in that, that he's maybe a more of a, a, a kind of creative six might be the best way to think about him. Um, but until we've seen what uh, Pep and, and the team want to do with him, I'm really not sure. So I would be, I'd be very surprised if he starts tomorrow. But we are in a bit of a bit of stick. Um, 
I mean, I, I wonder if possible if, if we'll see uh, Rico Lewis um, in in a, a, a midfield position or just mm. to you know, somehow That's plug the gap that way. Mm. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's also we're we're in this bizarre situation where we have got well Nunes. Obviously, we've also got this bloke called Calvin Phillips sitting on the bench who is meant to be there for this exact situation. I've heard good things about this lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what you know, if we yeah, <laughs> if we find ourselves short of a of a second holding midfielder, you know the a, you know the double pivot of a of a you know the second of a double pivot mm. um and the bloke cannot even get off the bench yeah i mean i i, I, I there's a deja, deja vu here because i know all of us in 9320 and every other city content provider has made this point exactly but if he doesn't come on in a game like this what is he for you know? yeah. <laughs> why is he even there but i you know for all Alex, that, don't yeah, don't, I, kid, don't kid yourself the, i know i don't that, yeah, that's no, that, no. that's that over the international Break yep. was telling since he's been at City, he's made more starts for England yeah. than he has for City. Yeah, I presume he's played more minutes for England as well. It's I don't unbelievable. Really know it's absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm not under any illusions. I think he probably won't start, but also, what a bizarre situation we find ourselves in um, with this bloke. Sitting. I mean, he's a lovely lad, and I, I, I hope he enjoys his like 150 grand a week or whatever we're paying in the, <laughs> the bench. I mean, you know, we can afford it. about Phillips. Mm. Um, I was asking about Phillips, and I, I want to come back to Nunez on for you, Lloyd. But regarding, I, I will not say treatment, but that that kind of gives it an edge, and it's, it sounds like I'm actually being critical of Pep. I'm not really, but. Do you think it's been quite harsh, quite cold, how Calvin Phillips has been used, I guess, at City, or certainly, you know, the lack of, of minutes? I mean, it's it's humiliating, I would say, to a professional footballer. It's avoidable. It could, that could easily be argued, even from people who don't rate Calvin Phillips, could argue that he could have been brought on 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, you know. I would say that he's been kind of a bit embarrassed, really. And I, I don't think it's overly fair would you go along with that or is it just kind of natural selection if you like you know it's football is basically you know if you're good enough you get on if you're not you don't i think it's more the latter um it, it's cold but i don't think it's unfair right okay um, and you know pep guardiola you know despite what people might imagine him as a personality. Ruthless. He's not romantic. No, no, he's, he's ruthless. absolutely yeah. ruthless. Um, he, he doesn't do things to be nice and, and never has done. Yeah. Um, and what I would say about Calvin Phillips is that, you know, yes, we'd never mind uh, any moral or, or kind of human human responsibilities or, or duties towards him. Um, there's, a, there's a cold, hard business case that says, you know, if we ever want to sell the guy, then we have to show that he is actually worth somebody buying, yes. which means getting him in and get, getting him in a pitch occasionally. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I mean, I, even if Pep is not happy about his form and is unconvinced about his ability to ever reach the standards that are needed of him, um, you would think this kind of a there's a business case for for playing him. You know, even you know the, for the last fifteen minutes of games we've already won, um, but. Uh, it's not cold, or sorry, it's, it is cold, it's not unfair, um, but it is just how it is. And Calvin Phillips absolutely has, he has to see his side of the bargain 
is basically mm. what it comes down to. Um, when he comes onto the pitch, uh, I mean, to be fair, when he came on, when when Lilo brought him on the other week, uh, he he did okay. Um, he he had he had fifteen pretty good minutes. Um, so who knows? Maybe that will be enough to to you know, earn him a earn him a shot. But I would be very surprised to see him there. But you know, we've had that conversation so often. Um, I I honestly don't know how we will fill that midfield tomorrow. Mm. Uh, I mean, the other uh, one. Uh, obvious possibility is to put Bar- put Bernardo back in the middle because he does a good job there. He has done it before alongside Rodri. You know, you wouldn't want him to be only number six. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, but you know that th- there's a there's a really obvious stopgap uh, play. Um, you know, whoever, whether it's Doku or or Phil or whatever out wide, uh, and bring Bernardo back and play him in the middle because he does a good job there. And I think if we were if we were uh, forgetting all the Pep Guardiola considerations and just asking what is the most obvious team to pick for that game tomorrow from the available players, um, then that's probably the way I would go, playing, Bernard- playing Bernardo in the middle. Well, I mean, it's so important to get control of that midfield because West Ham, their biggest strength, I would say. And, and yes, we're going to counter tomorrow. And yes, you can make, you know, arguments that Bowen's in form and Antonio could hurt us up front and all the rest of it. But it's their midfield, really. The Piquetta's on fire. Um, Ward Prowse has settled immediately, as too is Alvarez. So getting control of that midfield, that central area, will be key, I think. Um, Lloyd, I just want yeah, to. Just before we jump, can I, so can I read you the bench? against Fulham mm-hmm. so we had on the bench Bernardo Calvin Phillips Oscar Bob Rico Lewis Sergio Gomez Gvardiol Nunes Carson and Ortega yeah it's, right, it's so, the latter two isn't it it's worrying. It's two keepers two keepers one of whom's 50 uh, <laughs> Kovacic is out so uh, he was in the starting lineup. So, say you bring Bernardo in, so you've lost one from the bench there. Mm. Uh, so, you've basically got if you need a goal, you're bringing on Oscar Bob or you're bringing on Sergio Gomez mm. or maybe you're bringing on Carson. <laughs> uh, I mean, that I mean, that's that is literally it. That's what you're bringing on, unless there's a new kid who I haven't heard of who hasn't been involved. He's going to come on. You're basically bringing on Oscar Bob. Playing devil's advocate here, we have got four players out. I mean, you know, at least early on in the season, that's rare indeed, I would say. It's, you know, it's hardly an injury crisis, but in in comparison to other teams, um, you know, I do all the previews for all the kind of um, betting for all the games, you know, and the first port of call, obviously, is Premier League injuries. And I can assure you, it's pretty much City are, I've got the most players out this weekend yeah um, it's just it's just it, that's just I just think we've taken the risk though, haven't we I think that's what most City fans would say this season we've gone with a very very agreed very absolutely thin agreed. squad yeah. where you have an injury that we do to to Kev you know Grealish isn't available um, it's back a T isn't it all of this conversation solve, comes back to back yeah, it, well, it's it's either of McAtee or Palmer, I think. But we they, we sold Palmer, on, really. you know. In terms of business sense, I get Palmer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. McAtee yeah. just baffles the crap out of me. Yeah, it's it's, it's you know, I, I mean, I've wasted everyone's time too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just leaves us very short to the point where 
um, I hope you know you've got your boots uh, tomorrow for the London Stadium stay because you might be needed. I mean, we've already got yeah. two goalies, but you know, if you fancy a third run out, then. <laughs> Oh, like well, long, long retired, alas. <laughs> um, I didn't get your thoughts on Nunes, Lloyd. Just kind of quickly before we move on to, there's a couple of other players I wanted to score. But um, yeah. Nunes, are you, are you a fan? Are you excited? Just from a fan's perspective, are you excited about seeing him in a six shirt? Oh God, <laughs> mentally uplifting and you know, all happy and excited. Um, not really. It's just it. This is it's probably one of the only signings of the. Guardiola era where I just I just don't really get it that much. I, I um, kind of am the same. I have to say, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's maybe a bit harsh. I do understand it, but I think I think it feels to me like a response to the Phillips signing. In that, you know, that has gone so badly wrong, and you know what Ali's said before is true. And yeah, okay, I actually thought he played okay for England the other night against Scotland, but they clearly think he's shit. There's just no other way around it. Um, you know, he just doesn't play, you know, like guys come on ahead of him who are just way further down the pecking order in your head. Like, you know, McAtee came on at Burnley and Phillips didn't even come on. Like, I just, what, what's all, it just doesn't make any sense. He's met, he's got like 40 England caps. Um, mm-hmm. so the Nunes signing feels like a Phillips replacement. It feels like someone who's coming in to take the minutes off Rodri that we need, um, you know, could play a little bit in the eight. But, you know, I'd like to think I watch like quite a lot of the Premier League and have a good idea of, you know, other teams' as best players. And he's just never really stood out for me. Um done a few transfer pods with, with Aysan about it. And, you know, for example, when I go and watch Palace, you know, Eze just, you know, just lights the place up, stands out like a sore thumb. You watch him and you go, God, that guy could play at a higher level. Recently, you know, the same with Pakatar. You watch him, he's been so good at the beginning of the season. He's just got great technique, can receive the ball on the half turn, could easily say, see him playing in our midfield. I've just not really, never really had that vibe with Nunes. Now, what does give me confidence is Pep is obviously a big fan and they do think he can do a job, but it's just not a signing. It's like the opposite of Doku for me. So, like Doku, you're like, wow, raw. There's so much potential. Can really mm. see why they've done that. Exciting because there's a bit of the unknown. Blah blah. Whereas Nunes came to the Premier League, didn't really move the needle much for Wolves. A lot of Wolves fans were like, "Yeah, he's a good player," but you know, not gutted at the end of the day. So there's just a lot around it that doesn't excite me, and you know that is not great for a Friday show and uh, <laughs> and, and like a build up. Yeah, I've got to be honest. That's that is where I'm at. Well, it's it's unlikely it'll feature t- to any great extent anyway over the weekend, I, I would say. You know, I would can I, Steve, can I just come in and say, now that all three of us have said, yeah, and you really know that, you, you know brilliant. he's going to come on and do Man of the Match tomorrow. Yeah. Don't Which, let's, let's hope by so. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing him getting like 20 minutes maybe tomorrow. <laughs> um, and by hopefully by then we, we could be a couple of goals up. But um, you mentioned Doku there. Um, I'm really excited about seeing more of this lad. Uh, Ali, are you the same? Yeah, you gotta be. He's one of those players that just like gets your uh, the goosebumps standing up and and the uh, the the tingles whenever he whenever he's on the ball. Um, I thought he was he was he was okay in uh, the uh, in the Fulham game. Um, 
nothing quite came off for him, but you absolutely saw a few flashes of, of what he's capable of. Uh, and once he settled, you know, it would obviously have been marvelous if he'd got a hat trick and a couple of assists on his debut, but yeah, you, know, you can't, you can't really, um, expect those things. Uh, so yeah, uh, he's, he's obviously got talent. Um, and he, yeah, he, this is said before, but he gives something to our attacking line uh, that we don't really have, which is kind of a little bit of of chaos and, and yes, uh, which I always say that we need, and we've we've lacked that since Sane and kind of Raheem being you know the best of Raheem. Yeah, I, I think this Pep Guardiola creation needs chaos, one element of chaos in there. That's my. It opinion. does. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure Pep agrees with us on that. No, <laughs> no. he wants full control. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know, I've got, I'm a little bit worried that Pep might. Well, worried is the wrong word. I, I, I think we should we should prepare ourselves for the possibility that Pep drills a lot of the uh, mm, the, the, the kind of genius artistry out of Doku, which would be a little bit sad. But as we Grealish, it'll probably make him a much more effective player. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's there's a lot to come. But that you know, it's, it's such an exciting sight, it's signing, um, and you know, we have we have a lot of fun ahead with that lad. I think. Yeah. Um, let's stick with the players. Actually, I was going to talk about the kind of. Um, how we've fared so far this season, but Alvarez is a really interesting one. Lloyd, have you have you talked about Alvarez and Haaland on the pod previously? Yeah, I think I got cancelled. <laughs> really? I did, yeah. I didn't hear that pod, I'm sorry. In a nutshell, what was your thoughts? Well, I think the noisy neighbours will, will, uh, will know what I said. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was... It was it was. We did a podcast after the uh, Fulham game where... Yeah. Um, you know, I, I felt like I gave pretty honest and biased <laughs> opinions about Alvarez, but uh, the internet told me slightly differently after, <laughs> right, okay. after how that went. But, I had the same with uh, Ellison, yeah, last season, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, so it's a weird situation because I just read you the bench, right? So mm. he has to start, really, because there's, you know, are you starting Oscar Bob? I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, are you yeah, starting yeah. Sergio Gomez? No. Yeah. Are you starting Steve Tudor? Not, not on my books. So oh, um, yeah, that was a call for. Was, uh, well, we've got two goalies already. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, okay. um, so look, he has to start, and actually, you know, he's been a really key part of the team this season, and low mm. key, an amazing fantasy shout for anyone that's on that already. Um, but I do think you lose a lot of what makes Guardiola's Man City when Alvarez plays. And I think in a lot of games we can get away with it. But what really stood out to me in the Fulham game was he did, of everybody, he just gave the ball away that little bit more. He didn't have that ability on the half turn um, where he got pressed a few times very well by Fulham. And like Marcus Silva's teams are usually very good at that, where just gave it away. And thankfully their front line that day was was really quite shit and you know they didn't kind of do us on the break whereas I think in games against you know I would say probably the top top eight in the Premier League that could be a bit more of a problem and I actually think West Ham away could be a good example of that where you know if Alvarez loses the ball in transition I'd say West Ham are probably top five in the league for being able to take advantage of that on yes. the break yeah. um, you know Bowen is incredibly good in behind Pakatar's got great ability to find those balls um, you know Antonio on his day, he, you know he, he's bullied centre halves that that we've had in the past. He's had a couple of good games against Laporte, so yeah. I mean there are there are the signs there, but 
that it's, I do find it hard to criticize Alvarez because actually, when I criticize Alvarez playing centrally, I'm not criticizing Alvarez. I'm more cr- criticizing Guardiola, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. His job is not, you know, I, I I don't see his job as as like a De Bruyne or a Foden or a Bernardo. He he's in there to play a very different role to what those guys would do. My my frustration with it is more that. I think we lack something as a team, but that's not a criticism of him because, you know, Alvarez for me is, he's a, he's a forward, he's a number nine. So it's tough, but um, I'm really glad he's been involved as he has because I, I actually did come into this season worrying about basically him leaving because I, Harlem played so much last season and was so brilliant. I was just thinking, God, after that World Cup, you know, he's going to want to play. Mm. And if he's going to sit on the bench, he's just going to leave, isn't he? Because he's just too good to sit on the bench for us. And he's ended up playing loads. So, you know, in a way, we've got a good problem. Um, but uh, w- again, without being cancelled, I, th- I think in for me, in, in really big games, he's not someone I would want to see kind of in that midfield um, three. Okay. Um, Ali, we've taken on fewer shots than Crystal Palace so far, which is baffling to me uh, we've had three fewer shots on target than Spurs despite our winning start and it feels a bit weird to say this because we've started so brightly but are we still finding our way I mean Alvarez is a perfect example of that it, it, it does feel like the, the, um, the summer we've had and the transfers and you know losing players unexpectedly etc etc Pep is just still kind of just finding the jigsaw pieces and just put them in the right places would that be fair to say Look, we've had four games of the Premier League season so far. Um, we've done them without our uh, most important midfielder. Mm. We've played them without our most important defender, arguably. Uh, defender stroke midfielder nowadays in John Stones. Um, we've had various games along the way when we've been out without Bernardo, without Grealish, without Foden, um, and a couple of games when we've been out without Pep Guardiola. Uh, <coughs> we We have done that, and we've Turned out twelve out of twelve, four wins out of four. Um, Go on, and the 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 possibility. Like when you think about what we what we are capable of and how we have done this, um, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and if we can win those four games, uh, not I mean, it's not just that we've won them as well. Like we we played really quite badly uh, against uh, Fulham the other week and we did them 5-1 you know we, we've been winning games really quite comfortable uh, we had a bit of a scare against Sheffield United but we got over the line um, and it feels a bit to me like the, the first international break is like you know when you play a, a platform video game um, and fairly early in the first level you get a checkpoint where you have to get through your first checkpoint without losing any lives and without picking up too many damage and without using any of your health packs. Um, and that's what we've done. Uh, we've got through the first four games without John Stones, without Kevin, uh, without Kevin De Bruyne and without Pep Guardiola, amongst others. Um, and we are top of the league with a, at least a two-point lead over all of our rivals. It is going absolutely swimmingly. Um, for us to be looking at all those obstacles and hurdles and and difficulties we've had in the first four weeks of the Premier League um, and to expect not only four wins but to expect the kind of absolutely fine-tuned perfect football that we were playing with a complete 
full squad at the end of last season would be entirely unreasonable. Uh, so I think we all need to uh, chill out a bit about our performances and our, our form and appreciate just what an astonishingly good job we have done with very limited resources over the first few weeks of the season. Everything will get easier from now. Uh, and I am I'm absolutely thrilled to bits and slightly bewildered by some of the negativity around uh, uh, City fans on Twitter particularly. I, mean, I know that's just Twitter. Well, there you go. When, I got that off my chest. When Sir Steve Redgrave and Matthew Pinson won one of the, one of their Olympics, one of their many Olympic golds, I remember Jonathan Pierce's commentary afterwards was, um, if everyone could just park their cars up, even if you're driving on A-roads now, just pull to one side, get out and applaud their achievement. I feel like saying the same thing for what you've just said there, Ali. I think everyone should just pull over to one side. Hey, that, was, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I sound so shocked. <laughs> Let's go back to talking about McGinn and McTominay. That's, that's really where we're at. Yeah. Lloyd, um, just kind of to wrap up the actual preview of the game itself, how do you see this one playing out? Um, kind of to merge two lines of inquiry into one, if you could factor in, you know, West Ham's kind of threats uh, into your answer, mm. if possible. I had a really good think about this yesterday, and I did discuss it with Rowan, who you spoke to, um, kind of for the West Ham point of view. And this game does feel to me like it could be drop points, I'm not going to lie. Um, I think a lot of that actually is coming from the fact that the team's just going to be, the team's going to be great. Like the eleven's going to be great. We We should beat West Ham. But like, if something goes wrong, i.e., they score first, which I mean, come on, we're all adults; like that could easily happen. I think it'd be a, it's going to be really tough for us mm. to 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 go from there. So, I do. This does feel like the first game of the season, the season so far, where I'm a bit nervous. But to be honest, I was really nervous about the Newcastle game actually because you know they were Newcastle, big improvements, much better team. We had a very similar injury situation against them. And I thought we were unbelievably good that day and um, managed the game so well. And said on the review afterwards, that felt like such a big win, even though we were second game of the season. So if we could do the same um, against West Ham just before, I feel like we're going to get players back. Like Stones should be back for the Forest game. I think Grealish should be back for the Forest game. Then... I think that'd be a great achievement, but I could see it being a draw. Okay. Okay. Well, on that note then, on, on a prediction of a scoreline, um, let's go to... 3-0 City. 3-0 City, okay. No, uh, no I'm joking. I, 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 look, I, I'm going to go for a win. I'm going to go like a 2-1, but I, I could I, I could see like a 1-1 or a 2-2. Like it, that, that would not surprise me. Um, Ali, what's your score prediction? Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if it ends a draw, for example. Uh, but I always predict a City win, and I will again. And go on, I, I, I will say it will be really tight for about 80 minutes, but we will win 3-1 in the end. My prediction is also 3-1. Um, and Rowan's prediction, as you'll hear now, is is a draw at best, You know, kind of an optimistic draw from his perspective. Um, it's really interesting to hear uh, what a West Ham fan says. So uh, Rowan Dawson joins us now, and um, this is what he had to say when I spoke to him yesterday. Hi, Rowan. Thanks very much for agreeing to do with, uh, do this, mate. Um, really appreciate it. No worries, Steve. Yeah, good to have you on. Good to have you on, mate. And... Um, First off, well, 
Let's start with how well West Ham are doing, how well they've started. Yes, we're only a handful of games into the season, but this is your joint best Premier League start to any Premier League campaign. Um, was this expected? Has this come as a complete surprise to you? Uh, yeah, so t- 10 points after four games, you can't yeah, you can't really knock it. As you said, it's a joint best season um, in the Prem. And uh, I suppose to answer your question, yes, it's been a bit surprising. Uh, after which was probably not a very frustrating transfer. Yes, window, yeah. Um, yeah, not not only frustrating, but after losing Rice, um, the spe- speculation of obviously losing Paqueta, it was uh, quite, quite concerning, mm-hmm. um, especially after securing like Europa League football um, this season, following winning obviously the Conference League. Uh, I think you're probably rather optimistically expected to hit the ground running when the transfer window opened and it didn't really happen. So, yeah, I think it obviously, uh, yeah, until the final hour and, and, we, and we made some positive signings, but um, on, a, on a game-by-game basis, yeah, probably a, a little bit better than we thought it was going to well, start. yeah, let's kind of get a bit into that then because it was a really frustrating summer. Like you said, you had kind of your sold rice and you didn't make your first kind of big signing, I guess, till the 10th of August. Uh, and then they quickly followed kind of three more after that. If you'd have known, you know, at the start of the transfer window, who you would have ultimately got, would you have been pleased with that? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, like I say, you're not expected to sign like massive names. And you, um, one thing for us was, was squad mm. depth. And um, I think, yeah, after obviously losing a few players, like Rice walked out the door, um, Skamaka obviously lost him. Um and then, yeah, a couple of others departed at the same time. I think we lost Vlasic, uh, Masuaku, Lanzini, just to name, yeah. name a few. Um, so, so, yeah, we see all these at the start of the window, seeing all these players coming out, thinking, actually, our squad depth was a bit was a bit rubbish last year and we, we were sort of struggling with the competitions that we stayed in to to fill a sort of a, a strong squad, or, or at least a fit squad. So you see all these players departing and then uh, no one coming in. And I think, yeah, if we'd have... Sort of got a solid list of yeah these these transfers are definitely happening. It probably would have uh, kept the fans a little bit happier, but um, we sort of are where we are now. We've we sort of it seems to be that um, Rice leaving has has actually worked out for for the best mm. for us, and and we've managed to replace him with some solid players. Yeah, I, and as you said earlier, ten points from um, from twelve. That's a, that's a cracking start. Can you see it lasting? I mean, I'm not directly referring here to this weekend, but more, you know, over the next couple of months. Can can you see West Ham staying in that top six for, you know, leading up to Christmas? Yeah, so sorry, as, as I say, if, if the question is, can I see us staying undefeated and doing doing the invincibles, the answer is no. Um, even for a West Ham fan, I'm, I'm not that deluded. Uh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, regardless of the result on, on Saturday, I'd like to think that we uh, will keep up the momentum uh, as much as we can. And uh, I say it's not necessary about securing wins week in, week out. And uh, I think most West Ham fans would probably agree that one of the main frustrations we have when we've gone through bad spells in previous seasons and dips in form is we don't actually give it a go and and um, play very negative football mm. and uh, don't look like we could score. So And you're just sort of waiting for us to concede. So, yeah, at, at the weekend, I'd like to say we're going to give it a good crack and, and not just roll over, which I don't think we will. Um, but yeah, pretty positive about this season. Um, obviously helps with, with being undefeated for the first four games and taking 10 points out of a possible 12. 
and you don't want that to lead you into a sort of a, a false sense of um, security. But yeah, yeah, pretty optimistic at this point in time. Um, which players have particularly impressed you at this early juncture? Uh, yeah, so Paqueta, obviously a strong player. Um, whatever did or didn't happen, uh, he's a solid player and never fails to impress. He look, just looks great on the ball. Hmm. Um, and yeah, Bowen, obviously off to a flying start as well. Um, looks positive from him. As I say, like with West Ham, like we've we've not had this out and out sort of striker for a few years now, and we've we've tried it with sort of like Skamaka, um, and and for whatever reason, it, it's not worked out. But um, with with the players that we have got and, and the options that we've got, it does look positive. Like Bowen's got three goals, um, one assist uh, so far this season, which is great. Um, Antonio again. Um, you can't really knock him. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you can't knock him over for sure. <laughs> well, no, yeah, yeah, big lad. Yeah, from a from a physical point of view, he's a he's a solid guy and um, seems to start strong. Looks positive. Uh, does have a tendency to dip in form, and mm. it, it's, it's where we do really struggle. Where we've signed some like what should have been promising strikers in recent years, and for whatever reason, they just haven't worked out. Uh, but regardless of his form been a solid fixture for us and, us and regularly pulls something out of the bag from from a player that's not an out and out striker um you do get you do get something from him that you, you'd expect from a striker is there a possibility of a full debut this weekend for Mohamed Kudus or will he just be kind of phased in do you think yeah I I shouldn't think that um he he'd start uh I'm not saying he's not worthy of start but I think um yeah we'll he I could see him, yeah, just slowly being phased in. Yeah, um, I think, uh, yeah, I could see him starting on the bench. I'd like to see him get some game time. I say I'm not seeing much of him. Um, didn't see much of him when he was at Ajax, uh, but it looks like a solid player, um, and it'd be good for him to get some game time. Yeah, I mean, he was superb in the World Cup, wasn't he? he really, kind of stood out in the World Cup. Um, yeah. From the outside looking in, it seems that Ward Prowse and Alvarez have really settled straight away. Um, look like they've been playing there for, for some years, particularly Will Prowse in that West Ham setup. That's a yeah, huge, yeah. huge plus, that isn't it? Oh yeah, Will, Will Prowse is a great, great player, um, and he's—I don't know—he's he's twenty-eight or something now. So, like some people might have been saying, you know, he's sort of getting on a bit. And I know that when there was first speculation about signing him, there's mixed reviews on whether you want him, whether you don't want him. Um, I'd have taken him all day long. I, I had no doubt that he was gonna—he was gonna. Um, be yeah, sort of a firm fixture and actually d- do some solid stuff for us, which he already has. Uh, mm. So like three appearances, three assists, one goal. That like, you can't ask for more than that, really. Set piece, solid on set pieces. Um, we knows how to hit the ball and where the target is. And as I say like you, you, you got it in him. Uh, doesn't get the ball at the field maybe as much as you, you'd like, but I've always liked him. Um, he was solid at Southampton, here at Southampton, really. And if I was then, I'd, I'd been guy to lose him. Uh, I think he, he did a good 20, 20 years there or something, didn't he? And, yeah. Um, but, but what's their losses was our gain. And, uh, yeah, he, he looks really good. Looks like, as you say, he looks like he's played for the club for three or four seasons. You wouldn't think he's just come into the mix and, uh, sort of struggling to settle in. He sort of hit the ground running and, yeah, looked great. Um, where can the Hammers hurt City this Saturday? I don't think it's going to come as 
much of a surprise to anyone that you know the Hammers will very likely play on the counter um kind of yep. absorb kind of you know any pressure just allow City to have a ball in non-dangerous areas and then look to hit us where it hurts is that where you're anticipating you might get some joy yeah, I think that's I think that's all we've uh, we can sort of capitalise on. As you say, like City likes to control the game, uh, lengthy spells of possession, mm. uh, everything's on them ter- on their terms. And as long as you sort of try to control that as best you can, you can't go into Saturday thinking right, let's uh, let's dominate possession and let's try and, and get the ball off of them. Um, you sort of got to let them play their football, but but almost try and control the narrative. And yeah, that mixed in with our counter attacking style of play could cause problems for City um, as it did with Chelsea uh, we really do just need to be quick on the counter and clinical with a few chances that I'd expect we'll get but um, not too bothered like the Chelsea game I think Chelsea has 75% possession and, and look at the results so, so not too worried about possession as long as we're, we're clinical where we need to be yeah. um, just just get all over Haaland like beans on toast and uh, <laughs> and um, try, try and control him as much as you can Clearly, everyone thinks keeping quiet and the and the job's done, but he only needs that split second of flare, and we're chasing shadow. So, uh, yeah, just really, really uh, counter attacking football, and just just yeah, use those breaks. And Bowen gets upfield, cuts in, um, causes problems. Hopefully, Antonio's on form, puts a solid shift in, and um, we, we'll see what happens. How do you feel about the game yourself, Rowan? Kind of, you know, if you're putting a bet on later. Um... How do you expect it to go? Yeah, so international break, to be honest, couldn't have come at a worse time for us. Mm. Uh, a concern for me is we went into international break with real momentum. Um, and I think had we played City the week following Luton, uh, three wins on the bounce, we'd have gone in with sort of real confidence and given it a good crack. Um, not saying we won't. Uh, I think any football fan should be worried about playing City. Uh, but more for us, how are we going to get a result worried more than damage limitation and seeing out the draw, which typically doesn't work for us anyway. Um, as we said, City love possession and they'll do whatever they can to stay on the ball. Always a tough game, regardless of what form you're in. Um, and I'm just hoping that the momentum that we had right up until the international break uh, ca- carries over. Mm. And um say we'll seek to capitalise on the, the lapses in, in your defence, but... It's very solid, very disciplined, um, bit of a hill to climb. We haven't beaten you in a long while now. I think uh, last time we beat you was our last season at Upton Park, mm. um, which was out there. It had, uh, and I think the return fixture was one all. So did West Ham think that we could take four points off a city that season? Probably not. But <laughs> do we think we're going to get anything from you this season? Well, we'll have to wait and see. But um, all things considered, I don't think it's any. I don't think it's a case of. David v Goliath as such it's it's more David v Goliath on a hangover we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah D- David v Pep is it yeah um, Harland and De Bruyne aside is there a City player you especially admire uh, obviously you've got a strong squad and you're inundated with attacking options everyone in your starting 11 probably got a potential to pull something out of the bag um, for me I've always liked Jack Grealish um controversial player I suppose into most I think he's a bit like Marmite you either love him or hate him mm. um, I've always liked him not sure if he's hit play for you on Saturday he pulled out of the international didn't he yeah, or yeah I doubt or something, it. yeah, but, yeah. Um, if you still have to feel Foden he causes problems as well but uh, <laughs> yeah for, for, for me I do, I do like Grealish he gets stuck in 
uh, obviously plenty of talent and um, I'd have understood taking him at West Ham given the chance and think he's the sort of player that would fit straight into our squad to be honest much like sort of Ward Prowse has and mm-hmm. um, these, these these players that come across and have played for yeah this, this amount of time for, for similar level teams not not you but obviously Villa and um, I don't yeah I, I do like Grealish I've always liked Grealish I think he causes problems yeah what about um Moyes uh, has been there for a number of years now and anytime I speak to West Ham fans uh, it's kind of conflicted relationship really uh, there seems to be a lot of endearment towards him um people, West Ham fans seem to like yeah. him but at the same time I don't know it's like they don't f- wholly trust his methods would that be fair yeah I, I think so um yeah Moyes I don't know where we started him so I think before last season and a conference league win, I'd have probably been more, maybe not Moyes out, but we're just we're sitting a few points off relegation, and the only thing keeping them around was probably the prospect of winning the conference league, which we was doing well in Europe. Um, if the thing with Moyes is, which splits opinion, is there's, there's obviously credit in the bank from from winning, and people might say West Ham fans are fickle, and we sort of turn on him at any given opportunity, but. It's, it's probably the case with most fans, to be honest with you, of any of any club. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. If, if you're getting the results, you love the manager. If you're not, you, you, you don't. Um, is he sort of the, the person that's really going to drive us forward and consistently get us finishing in the top 10, top top 8, top 6? I don't know, probably not, but but time will tell. I think the problem always is we really struggle offensively at times. And it's, and as I say, that the style of football um, is sometimes very negative. It, it is... I want to say boring football, um, but it works. And if it, if it gets results and, and look at the sort of first four games we played and we'll see what happens on Saturday, if it if it, if it gets results, then you, you can't really um, yeah, be, be too anti-Moyes. I, I could go to a game and think, yeah, I've watched us play today. We've had loads of possession. We've had loads of chances, but we've lost an unlucky 1-0. Mm. I'd rather go and watch boring football and come away with a, with a win. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Um on which note, then, the only thing left to do is offer up a score prediction. I've gone 3-1 City. Um, what about yourself? I don't like to, don't like to, uh, try not try not to make too many predictions, to be honest with you. Uh, but I think if we do play how we've, we have been playing, the momentum keeps up and um, we do keep hold of the likes of Haaland and try and uh, yeah, get someone out of it, I'd probably put a bet on two or Right. Okay. Yeah. Similar to was it two years ago? It was two two, wasn't it? So, uh, repeat performance of that. I think you were two up, weren't you? And then um, we had a second half fight back. Yeah, which uh, tends to happen to us a lot. And the, the games that we've um, we've won this season is there's been a couple of results where, yeah, we get up and then we can see those last minute goals. And right. And um, although it hasn't impacted us too much like this season, so like obviously Luton, um, we were two nil up, ninety ninety plus two or something. We're conceding a goal. And it's then all of a sudden with City, I don't think you can do that if you if you've only, if there's only one goal in it. Um, we have got a last minute goal in us. Right. Well, that's good to know. That is good to know. Um, that's good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rowan, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate your take on it from from the other side, as it were. Yeah, no worries, mate. It's been uh, yeah, been good to be on. And uh, well, I'd like to say all the best for the weekend, but I, I wouldn't mean it. So <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll be wishing you good luck, but I think we're the ones that need the luck, not you. Yeah. After, after this weekend, I wish West Ham all the best. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Nice talking to you, Steve. Bye, mate.
See ya. Thanks, mate. Bye. Well, thank you very much uh, to Rowan for giving us his time. Um, really interesting kind of perspective there. As as you'd expect, Lloyd, you know, he's going into it thinking, let's just try and hit City on the break. Let's try and kind of, you know, make the most of what the few chances that we, we may get. Um, that's going to be the case, isn't it? You'd expect City to boss possession and have more more chances at least. Yeah, definitely. I, I I do think Rowan played them down a little bit, though, actually. Um, you know, to be 10 from 12 from their first four, I think is brilliant. Yes, you chose that, yeah. And, you know, I, so I'm in the office with Rowan a lot and, like, you know, we just end up chatting rubbish about football. But there was a big concern amongst Hammers, like, this summer that they were going to do a bail with the rice money. And do you remember when... Tottenham spent it on like eight different players, yeah, like Soldado and you know. One of them was Modric, has to be said, but the, the others were flops, absolute yeah. flops. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, they got Ericsson as well. Like they, they did sign like they did sign a, a good player in there, but a lot of it just got burned. Actually, when you look at where West Ham are now post Rice, they signed Ward Prowse, who is just like the biggest tap in of a Premier League player. I can't believe the lack of interest in him. Like he's great. He's so reliable set pieces are brilliant he started hit the ground running Alvarez was really good for Ajax last year uh, in Europe um, very solid player they've kept Pakatar they brought Kudus in who is brilliant um, and they've managed to kind of then revamp the front line a little bit so they're actually looking not better but like they're looking a lot kind of stronger depth wise than I think a lot of West Ham fans would have expected so yeah, I think I think there are threats tomorrow. And to be honest, I think most of them, as feels like the case often when you play West Ham now, most of it comes through Bowen. So I think his pace and his ability to kind of receive the ball on the half turn and then dribble at, you know, your Cavardiols or Diaz's or whatever, most of the game I think lies there for City tomorrow. Yeah. And who is the partner of Lloyd? Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer, indeed. Don't know why I brought that up, but there you go. <laughs> um, let's move on to some developments this week. Some very welcome developments, it has to be said, or maybe not. I mean, maybe I've, I have actually seen uh, Joe Butterfield on Twitter uh, this week saying he's not in full agreement with this development, which is the contract extension of for Kyle Walker until twenty twenty six. Um, we can all agree. Sorry, why is he not in agreement with us? He thinks he's on the decline, and so for three years we will. He just... thinks he's on the decline. Mm-hmm. Does he watch Carl Walker this season? <laughs> <laughs> so I that's... think I know which 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 camp you're in there. Which I would yeah, say I'll, is I'll mute I'll mute myself. I'm just that's a terrible <laughs> opinion. Sorry. <laughs> well, I would say the much larger camp yeah, is is very much in favour of this development. Um, Ali, we can all agree on on his quality. We can all agree of you know what a superb servant he's been to the club, and that we did not want to see him go to Bayern Munich this summer. I think we can, we're all kind of very much on the same page there. Is it an additional factor, though, in, in terms of the importance in kind of tying him down, the fact that we've got hardly any experienced players left in the squad and he has vast experience? I mean, so really, it, it's kind of, you know, his, his benefit is not just what he offers on the pitch, but, you know, we couldn't afford to let another kind of old fogey go, could we? <laughs> old fogey uh, I, 
I, I'm sure that's a large part of the thinking. Um, it, it's been a, it, I just want to recap. It's been such an incredibly weird few months for Kyle. Um, I mean, he, I, it's only, uh, it would have been the middle of July or so, end of July, which is really not very long ago, a few weeks ago. Um, I did one of the player season review pods, uh, mm. with Howard on Kyle Walker. And by complete coincidence, we recorded it the morning that the news broke, according to all the reliable, definitive uh, sources in the usual places, that Kyle Walker was leaving City and he was going to Bayern Munich. It had all been agreed. It was a done deal. It was happening. And we did this player review that was, was kind of like an epitaph. You know, it was a eulogy uh, on the assumption that, that we were we were watching him go. But while we were talking about it, he, he actually had quite a, a difficult and at times mediocre season last year, really struggled to get in the team. Um, a lot of the time it looked like Pep no longer wanted to use the type of fullback that Kyle Walker exemplifies. Um and uh, he turned it around, he turned his season around with a couple of absolutely monumental performances in the Champions League latter stages, um, particularly against Vinny Jr. in the uh, in Real Madrid matches. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was he was just really quite remarkable. It was it was peak Kyle Walker, some of the best football he's ever played. And then we got into this season, and when. Uh, I pet picked him for the first game against Burnley, if, if memory serves, um, and we were all quite surprised because we, you know, I think we we all thought that this was because his contract negotiations were still under negotiation and everything was a little bit sensitive, and maybe it was kind of a a, a, a tactical man management thing that Pep had put him in the team. But he came in and he smashed it and he has continued to be one of our standout players uh, for this excellent beginning to the season we've had. And then, like, I mean, I'm sure this has nothing to do with the City's considerations, but it should be noted, he was absolutely outstanding in the England games uh, this week yes. as well. Yeah. I think partic- particularly against Ukraine, obviously he, he had less to do about against Scotland for reasons we've already <laughs> we've already discussed with the Scotland forward line. Um <laughs> <laughs> the uh but the i think uh he probably didn't get enough credit for the job that he did against ukraine um in that i think they came into that match with really uh one main uh tactic to to score goals which was to soak up pressure and then release M- uh, mudrick down the left their left mm. uh which they they did probably three or four times in the game and every time Kyle Walker just gobbled him up. Uh, he did not get a sniff. Um, and I think if Walker hadn't been there, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Trippier and obviously they're England are spoiled for choices at, at right back. Um, but I don't think there's another fullback in the world that would have done a job quite as good and quite as comprehensively against Mudrick as, as Kyle Walker did uh, last weekend. Um, so, you know, they are the qualities that Kyle Walker has got. And the fact that uh, we are now observed that in the last few months, we have watched Kyle Walker get better and better and better. And if he has played better football at any stage of his career, I don't know when it is. Uh, and, uh, Bless Joe Butterfield. He's one of our friends. <laughs> I follow him on Twitter and he may well be listening. But the idea that Kyle Walker is on the decline now is absolutely bizarre. Um, he is, Time he is for the off for Joe. <laughs> absolutely. Off you go. Red card, Joe. Uh, but, the, you know, the, um, uh, Kyle Walker is, is you know, he's come into a, a, an absolutely golden period of his career. Um, and if 
the the expectation is he will have another year or two as being an absolute first choice frontline player yeah. and then another year or two where he's kind of doing the role that Fernandinho played of the the kind of um grand old man of the dressing room for the last couple of years uh i mean I, is he club captain this year i mean he's he captain is, on the yeah, pitch yeah, yeah. 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 um doing, doing those club captain roles and i i heard uh, I think you talked about it in the Premier League show, or one of the one of the pods on the ninety three twenty player this week. Which, incidentally, sorry, I'm I'm going to distract myself and, and go off on a momentary tangent. Um, I know people listen to the Friday show who don't uh, have the ninety three twenty player, uh, but this week, uh, lads, I have to put it out to all of you. Um, there's been some absolutely incredible content uh, on the the uh, show this week. Um, the the Premier League show was great, and and Stefan's rundown on the Chelsea situation and the financial yes. fair play in the show the other day was just Living absolutely top-notch. Yeah. Uh, so that, there you go, a little plug for the 93-20 player. It costs about the price of a uh, packet of what's-its to, to, if there's any City fans out there who don't yet subscribe, uh, go in and uh, help our, our mate and pay the bills. That would be appreciated. Anyway, uh, back on topic, Kyle Walker. Um, as one of you said uh, this week, um, the speech that he was reported to have given where he said, like, look, lads, let's just go out and win this from the off yeah. and put together a winning streak in our first 19 games of the season and not the second 19 games of the season, get it all done and dusted pretty much by Christmas. Um, I loved that. It's exactly what I wanted to hear. I think it's exactly what the players wanted to hear. And, you know, if, if, if he is doing that job as, you know, grand old grandpappy of the of the team um and he's coming out with that kind of inspirational content then absolutely keep him around in the dressing room just for those reasons um just one thing kyle please keep your cock in your pants <laughs> i don't know why but i was kind of waiting for that i kind of knew it's coming we took about two minutes to get to that but we did we, we did get there Unfortunately, none of every woman has ever talked to Walker in a bar. Oh, Lloyd. I had I had something to say about Walker, but I feel like I feel like we've just closed the book. Well, um, please please say what, what you've got to say about um, Kyle, but, but like preempt that with, with this kind of um, answering this question, which is if Kyle Walker plays to the level that he can play, which he so often does, is he the best right back in the world for you, Lloyd? Uh, defensively, yes. Okay. So, I think Walker has looked like... I think Stefan tweeted this, but he's like a man possessed this season. He's started so well, but he's actually... I think he's he's added more like in the final third than we've seen from him in the last few years. Yes, yeah. So, because of because of the like uh, absence of Kev, we've obviously played Foden in a few games where he's like nominally be on, been on the wing, but he's actually ended up playing centrally kind of on the pitch. And so Walker's had to play rather than like that back three Walker that we've had like last season, he's had to basically be our right winger. Um, that's going to happen less with Doku, I think, because, you know, naturally, you know, we, we're going to need Doku to, to play like high and wide, whether that's on the right or the left. But I think he's just, he's looked so, so good this season so far. I'm really, really enthused by it. I really don't understand Joe's opinion that he's like on the decline. I actually think he's looked almost better than ever so far. And yeah, you know, he's 33. I appreciate that 
you know, the decline is probably around the corner. But, but I've got to say, I think, I think that's what Joe's saying is anticipating a decline rather than saying that that's already happening now. Yeah, but, you know, contract renewals are context and I think we fucked up the Gundogan situation. Yes, um, yeah. And I th- and Mares leaving was a big surprise. And so then Walker probably gets a contract that maybe you wouldn't have given him prior to all of that. And that actually... I do understand some people's frustration in that why didn't we offer the Gundogan contract, sorry, the Walker contract to Gundogan and, you know, Gundogan's actually come out now and said City didn't deal with the extension the way I would have liked and if I, if it had been on my terms, I'd have probably stayed. I mean, that stings a bit, but, you know, we got to move on. That's kind of, you know, let's not cry for spilt milk there. But, Walker, brilliant this season and the last thing I did want to say because Ali really covered the last point which was a which was a good one is the meme that was created uh, within the Ukraine game I just that just epitomizes Walker for me so what that was was what last season when Mudrick joined I think he notched the highest sprint of any player in the league when he came on in that game against Liverpool and he looked amazing for like 20 minutes and obviously he's completely flopped since in the Ukraine game, Walker did that thing where he gave Mudrick like a 10 yard head start almost to be like, yeah, go on mate, you go that way. And then just runs back and just completely muscles him out of it within about 30 yards. You just can't not like just take in the athletic brilliance of Walker when he's at full pace and Really, the the thing that embodies that the most is the games against like Mbappe and Vinicius Junior in the Champions League. Like, it's that's just a, a different level that I'm not sure many of if any players can can reach. And I think you know your question was, is he the best right back in Europe? I think yeah. In the, in those kind of games, I, I wouldn't pick anyone above Carl Walker if we were to play kind of um, Real in a, in a Champions League final. He goes up against Vinicius. Yeah. Uh, it's only just occurred to me, um, as you were saying there about his pace, that if you think back to Nottingham Forest's Dez, um, defender Dez, then two of the fa- quickest centre-back or defenders we've had in British football in recent mm. years, both being called Walker, which is, isn't known. Anyway, sorry, that was ridiculously terrible, and I apologise for that. But yeah, it's just, just occurred to me. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Anyway, um I think that's a wrap for today, everyone. We've, we've covered a lot of ground. I, I wanted to talk about that stupid Harlan rumours won't, won't go away, but we will get back to that because that's not going away anytime soon. That's just going to last for the next two, three, four years. Uh, plenty of time to get into that. Uh, I also wanted to talk about kind of televised football. That is a subject for another day, and I can't wait to get into that. But in the meantime, uh, Lloyd, thank you very much for joining me today. Absolute pleasure. And Ali... Well done for covering Walker in that way. And <laughs> yes, and and indeed how well City have been doing against all the kind of circumstances going against them, which was a speech for the ages. Ali, thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure, never a chore, my friend. <laughs> and thanks everyone, most of all, for listening in. That's a wrap for today. We're off to join a Saudi Arabian club. And just like Henderson, it's not about the money. It's, oh, I don't know, the challenge or something. In In the meantime, take care of yourselves, everyone. Be well and forever up the blues.